Well, welcome to Let's Talk Diaspora. We're on season two in the uncomfortable middle. Yeah, thanks, Rebecca. Welcome, everyone. I'm excited to have uh, a friend on again. I love interviews, and specifically today, we're going to be interviewing uh, someone who I just recently heard has just amazing testimony how they've creatively been able to engage with people and share the gospel. So Haley's going to be joining us, and Haley uh, is is a college student who has used just uh, just her experiences and giftings in a very creative way to share the gospel. And so when I learned about this, she's she's in town um, with me this week uh, doing some ministry and working with some partners. And just yesterday she shared this with me and I said, oh, Haley, you have to come on the podcast and share this with our listeners. So welcome, Haley. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Haley, I'm so glad you're with us. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Yes. Uh, I'm a college student, as Bud said. I am uh, studying music education so I want to be a choir teacher one day, I guess, depending on what the Lord says. Uh, that's the plan right now. Um, I have a brother and my parents, and my brother's married with three kids, so I'm a proud aunt of three little babies. Well, two of them aren't really babies anymore, but uh, they're a little, uh, one's eight, one's six, and one's nine months. So those are my little pride and joys. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much about me. Haley, Bud was telling me um, something very interesting about you, a creative way that you're getting out and getting to know people and um, maybe even sharing a little bit of Jesus through that. Can you tell me some about that? Uh, yeah. So one of the ways at school on campus that I, uh, me and some friends use through a ministry, our campus ministry is using henna, uh, so temporary tattoo on your hand. Uh, to tell Bible stories. So we use uh, two stories primarily. Uh, we use the story of the woman at the well in John 4, and then Jesus healing the paralyzed man in Mark 2. So. I love that. So tell me how you get connected with these women and um, start being able to share the henna stories. Yeah, we set up a tent and a table, or a couple tables really, uh, on our campus and we have a sign that says free henna on it. And so as people are walking by, this is in our quad. So there's uh, people going by all the time, going between classes, going to our student center, uh, things like that. And we just will have a couple girls standing out on the edge of the tent, just asking like, as girls walk by, would you like some free henna? Would you like some free henna? Just, or people sometimes will just know what we're doing and walk up to our table uh, and come up. And when they come up, we always are like, hey, this tells a Bible story, is that okay? and get permission before we start doing some henna on them. Uh, and then, yeah, that's how we connect with them. Yeah. So when I learned this, I was just super interested. And as we're talking about the uncomfortable middle in in this podcast uh, season, you know, we, we talked about the, 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 the tension between felt needs and gospel proclamation. But when we're talking about someone who's not a refugee, when someone is uh, like a student, for example, or someone's a young professional, uh, the tension isn't so much do do I feed them or do I share the gospel with them? Do I help them learn English or do I share the gospel with them? We've already discussed that, but I think it's just really important to think about how do we how do we engage people who are uh, students? So international students are going to have a high level of English. They're going to be intelligent. Some of them may be more secular than they are religious. And so you have all of these things happening. How do we engage those people? But I think why it's important to all of our listeners, not just college students, is that really transfers 
to young adult professionals. And then it transfers as they migrate into like young families. Uh, we have a large number of unreached diaspora that fit that category, that they're not refugees, that they they have come in another way. So I think it's super important to think of creative ways. Haley, where, where did you learn uh, to do henna? Uh, through my campus ministry. So one of my good friends was uh, started the ministry on our campus about three or four years ago. So before I came, yeah, so four years ago. And then I got there and then they, my first weekend actually in college, they were like, we're having this henna training day. And I was like, well, what is that? But I came anyways. And uh, that's when I learned. And then I got involved in the ministry uh, that we do on campus. And I just fell in love with the idea of using something creative and unconventional uh, to reach people with the gospel. What kind of responses have you gotten as you begin to do this on, there on campus? We've get a lot of different responses. So most of the time it's people being uh, more casual, like just like, okay, that's cool. Thank you for telling us about that. Um, sometimes we get people that are like, I don't want to even hear this. Like we talk, we ask them, they're like, oh, we, I just want the hint. I don't want to hear the story. Um, and then sometimes, and we get amazing cases where people come to know Christ at that table, like right then. So last semester, I actually had the opportunity to lead a girl to Christ, uh, at our table, which was like bizarre and crazy. Cause I was like, that can never happen. Like the Lord can't use me to do that. I'm just here to just share, but the Lord definitely did. And it was amazing. So, so Haley, uh, what, what henna, some of our listeners may not know what henna is like, who is interested in henna? Is there like a specific, uh, like region of the world? Because it's not like, you know, middle school age girls in the United States or like having henna parties. What's kind of some background of henna? Like who's interested in that? So it originally is more of like a Middle East, South Asia, like kind of cultural thing that they do like on weddings and even like religious holidays are just for fun. I mean, different things like that. And uh, so it just kind of, it's originally came from there, but we just use it now as like, something that's beautiful. And it's cool that we can uh, get to use something that's a part of another culture uh, to just share Jesus. Cause like I'm, Jesus isn't just an American culture, but it Jesus is like for the whole world kind of a thing. So it's cool that we get to use it for that. So henna is specifically for ladies. We, you're, you're not necessarily doing henna for guys, right? Well, it is originally, but every once in a while, we actually do get some guys that come to our table and want some. And we're like, well, we originally, or we normally do is just girls, but we're not going to turn away someone to share the gospel with. So I've done henna on a couple guys before. So, but usually it's ladies. Well, and henna is kind of like a tattoo as well. So it'll last for a number of, it can last a number of weeks, depending on how long you let the henna dry. Um, so sometimes the guys like it just to create a tattoo type piece. If I remember correctly, when I've utilized it, I'll share too. Um, sometimes it's fun to go into a shop. I went into a shop in New York city um, and there was a lady there from India. She was actually doing henna um, as her business. 
And I um, shared a story with her and asked her to do that story on me. So it's um, even fun to be able to let them do something new because they're used to doing the same stories, the same pictures and being able to share in that um, context in that way. And I'm not good at doing henna. I shake too much um, to be able to do really pretty, nice henna. So it was good to be able to kind of talk her through that and let her do it. Um, but yeah, that I love... Haley, I was in South Asia, so I love henna and talking about the weddings. They will have henna all over their bodies, everywhere, feet, hands, um, legs, um, everywhere. And it, it can be really, really beautiful. So Bud had told me that you've been there in um, his neck of the woods in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for almost a week. Can you tell us what y'all been doing there? Uh, yeah, I was with uh, a friend of Bud's for a few days. And mainly we've been uh, just hanging out with a lot of her uh, refugee friends, Afghans and some Arab friends. Uh, and we had like a little party, just a get together with a Bible study uh, with some of her friends. And we went into some homes and just got to love on and spend time with some of uh, her friends as well. Just really casual, but just getting to see what it's like to just love on and like uh, refugees that are here in America. What are some of the things that God's shown you through that time being there about refugees here in North America? I think the biggest thing is just uh, how small the world really is and how we're all just people even though we're in different cultures or different, or like we have different cultures, uh, we're all just people that need love and like need the love of Jesus really. Uh, and if we can share that, like, that's a beautiful thing. Um, and just how much we need each other as people has been a really cool thing. Even these are all things I know, but just a reminder of like, uh, just how Jesus loves and like how it doesn't have to look like just, throw in the gospel at someone, but I right off the bat, at least like not sharing right off the bat, but just getting to love on them and uh, serve them um, first. So that's been a really cool thing to experience. Have you been invited into homes while you've been there in the Dallas Fort Worth area? I have, I have been invited into a couple homes. So what, tell us a little bit about what that looks like going into someone's home from a different culture and background. Anything? Did you so, eat anything? Did you drink anything? Did what? What did you talk about? Uh, yeah, so we, I went with two of Bud's friends uh, to this home. Uh, one, and we went to an Afghan home. So we came to the door, knocked, and they knew we were coming. Uh, so they let us in. And when we came in, we take off our shoes at the door, which in an American culture is not really that common. Uh, so you take off your shoes, you leave them at the door, and you come in and. They have, uh, I don't really know what it's called, but like cushions on the ground that's like, and so we sat on the ground, which also is not very common in American culture, uh, sitting on the ground. And uh, the lady that we were meeting with, or the two ladies, didn't speak a whole, whole lot of English. Uh, so we had uh, one of the ladies that was with us, she spoke the language. And so she was able to uh, help us out with like translating a little bit. Uh, we just kind of... And then she had two kids to the lady that we were visiting, which was really sweet. The little girls, they were so cute. Um, but they brought us tea and nuts and candies and things like that. Uh, 
just to snack on and eat. It was really, really good. I love tea nowadays because you drink a lot of tea when you visit uh, visit them. Um, and we just kind of talked about casual things, just what is going on in their, their life and uh, just with their family and nothing super spiritual on that, on that visit specifically, but uh, we just got to love on them and just hear about what, how, what's going on. One of the ladies had just had a medical procedure. So we got to check in on her and just see how she was doing and uh, those kind of things. I'm sure you were a great blessing to um, her as well, because I know what a blessing it is for them to be able to love on you. So I'm sure that was a huge um, blessing for them as well for you going into their home and um, taking the time to go into their home. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And we were there for quite a while. Usually the visits aren't like 10 minutes. They're usually like an hour or longer. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm surprised you weren't fed a meal and made to wait for a meal. <laughs> right. <laughs> food. Are there any other things that you did or have been doing there in the Dallas Fort Worth area that you want to share about? Uh, at one of the parties that I mentioned before, we uh, that we did the Bible study, and it was cool that it wasn't a story uh, that I had done at, for Hannah at campus, but we did the story of Abraham um, and the sacrifice of God was telling him to sacrifice his son, and then he provided. Um, so we told that story, and then I designed a henna design that goes with that story. Uh, so I got to do the henna on the girls that were there and connect like the pieces. So the henna, each symbol of the story. So like Abraham, like the Ram, like all the different parts of the story have a picture that go like with the story. And so they had like a visual representation on their hand of like the story they learned at at Bible study, basically, um, which was pretty cool. Um, And all the girls, they were close to my age. And so they were super excited about it. And like, or just like, they just wanted to keep getting more henna. And I'm like, okay, I could do more if you want. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, that was just a really cool thing of like getting to use something that I'm passionate about and something that I know that they already love and like getting to connect Jesus in that. And like, they have a Bible story on their hand. Like, uh, so that was pretty cool. One, one thing I want to ask about, this is one thing you share with me, Haley. And as we think about like this uncomfortable middle and the tension, I think one of the tensions that, that, many people have that want to share with unreached people groups uh, in the diaspora is in the marketplace. Uh, I think the enemy has told us this lie and we've bought it that you, you can't share the gospel in, in a business setting. And so you were telling me how you had used uh, a business platform to, to gather ladies in and share uh Tell us a little bit about that, but then specifically talk about how you handled the tension of like doing business and sharing the gospel. Yeah. So I, uh, for two years was selling, uh, skincare and cosmetics. And with that, we do like in-home parties, like, uh, like skincare parties. So I teach women how to use the skincare that I'm trying to sell them basically. Uh, and so I have a little speech that I put together, uh, but, I wasn't originally starting the business to try to make a bunch of money. I wanted to start the business because it was a great unconventional way to get women into my home or to their friend's home to share Jesus with them. And so in the middle of my speech, it's like there's a portion where it's like, 
I tell them why I started my business and I use it to tell them like, one, I want to make women feel beautiful and use great products. But then I go into, I also want to share Jesus with you and like my faith and like what I believe about Jesus. And I just share a little snippet of like the gospel in that presentation to see like, just to get a little taste in their mouth of like what I'm talking about. And then at the end of the party, after we've had a lot of fun and doing all the things and like gain their trust and just, they got to know me, I got to know them. Uh, we do one-on-one consultations uh, and I'll sit down with the girls and start with like, how is your, what do you think of the party? What do you think of the products? And then I'll tell them like, well, I mentioned a little bit about my faith and what do you, do you, are you a believer? Are you, do you follow Jesus? Are you in another religion? Like, what does that look like for you? Um, and usually people are pretty open. They're, they they want to talk about those things. I've had a couple instances where people like shut me down. Like, I don't really want to talk about that. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, and then I just keep talking about the products. Uh, but most of the time I have, uh, people will just sit down and they'll just open up to me and just be like, yeah, I've been a believer for this long or no, I'm, uh, like I've had a friend of mine say like, I, uh, pray to my ancestors and things like that. And I got to share the gospel with her and she's like, yeah, I never heard anything like this before. Like, Never And, like, I would have never, like, I might have had the opportunity, but I don't see her, like, a whole, whole lot just, like, in passing in classes on campus and uh, may not have ever had that opportunity to share with her that was, like, so direct, I guess. And she was super, like, glad I told her. She didn't come to follow Jesus that day, but definitely planting a seed. Um, And so it's definitely a challenge, like, when people do reject it. They're like, I don't really want to hear about that. or um, But it's just, like... I know that I have two other girls waiting and then I might have a good conversation with and that's okay. Uh, or I may not have good conversations with any of them, but the Lord ordains like the conversation and like what that's going to be like. And they already heard a little bit of the gospel in my presentation. So if they don't want to continue talking, that's okay too. I think it's great too, that you're sharing your story and nobody can argue with your story. You know, it's not something, I mean, it's yours. And um, I love that you're able to do that and you've connected it in such a beautiful way, which I think is a great encouragement to all of us as we, you know, whatever business or um, work or things that the Lord has us doing, um, really praying through and finding those ways of connection and being able to connect in that way and connect Christ and being able to share Christ. So thank you for that example. Yeah, I think this is something that the church in the West needs to grow in is just understanding how they can leverage where they already live, work and play um, for the glory of God. And so just a couple ideas, and then I want to, I want to shift the conversation and ask Haley, you another question, but just two ideas to think about that. I, last night I was training a guy who is an engineer, a civil engineer, and he's like, I can't share at work. And I've almost gotten to the point where I don't even try to fight that battle. And I say, this is all you need to do is you need to raise your flag that you're a follower of Jesus and invite people to your home. Because a lot of these uh, international students, international workers who have like an H-1B visa who are professionals, they never even get invited into the home of an American, let alone a Christian American who's going to share the gospel with them. And so just thinking through that is super important of like, hey, just raise your flag early and often. I'm a follower of Jesus, not in an obnoxious way. Not in a religious way, but like, hey, I love Jesus. I love to talk about Jesus. He answers my prayers. Can I pray for you? And I think that's totally okay in the workplace. That's just you being you. Uh, The other thing is I said, live, work, and play. I think everybody understands where they live and where they work, but play. 
uh, in my city, I think maybe I've mentioned this already, is a cricket pitch. And so now I'm trying to gather some Bangladeshis, uh, some one a believer and some non-believers to go watch cricket because like South Asians love cricket. And it's like, yeah, I'll buy your ticket if you'll come. Uh, you buy me some refreshments. And during that time, we're going to be able to have spiritual conversations in that. And I think uh, the important part, too, to think about is in cultures that are honor shame based, you want to be limited in what you communicate to a large group because it will become kind of an argument, like because there's pride involved. But you say enough, like you said, I just mentioned a little bit. And then once you have a one on one conversation, you can get into much more depth. So. Let me wrap that up. And then Haley, what I want to also ask is, can you give a little bit of background and like how you began getting involved in, in missions? Like what brought you to the point that you called me and said, bud, can, can I spend a week in Dallas hanging out with, uh, you know, hanging out with people and just serving, serving Jesus? Yeah. So I grew up kind of in church and Everyone in my hometown went to church pretty much. So I just didn't really know anything about going and sharing the gospel growing up. I always heard like, yeah, you need to share the gospel. I'm like, okay, well, everyone's a believer, even though everyone wasn't a believer. But that was my brain thinking that. And then I went to college and I joined the Christian org that I'm in and uh, got involved. And I... Uh, they just like, it was really heavy of like, we need to be on our campus. We need to share the gospel. Like there's lost people. And I saw the lostness right in front of my eyes, like how broken and lost that our campus was. And so I was like, oh shoot. Like the Lord broke my heart, started to break my heart for those people. Um, And spring break of my freshman year, uh, we went on a trip uh, and to work with uh, internationals and uh, from all, like we, it was like a learning trip and also like, uh, sharing trips. So we did a lot of door knocking, trying to discover what people groups are where in the community that we were in, those kind of things and trying to have conversation. We uh, we brought little gifts to try to like be more welcoming and just be like we're welcoming you to America kind of a thing because a lot of these people we were visiting were like new to America. Uh, and so that was like the first time growing up in a small town, I didn't see a lot of the nations that I really saw like the nations in front of my face. And I was like, wow, like this is broken. And so that like the Lord started to use that to change my heart, to see people like um, see all peoples um, and just like how the need for Jesus uh, is like all over the world. Um, But the world is also right here in our backyard. Um, So did that. And then I just started getting involved on campus, uh, went on another trip uh, that was a little different, uh, giving free van rides to college students over spring break. Um, got to share, trying to share with them in the vans, uh, saw a lot of crazy things happen. The Lord sobering people up, like just by the Holy spirit was like the craziest thing, uh, just getting to see and share with people. Um, and so that just continued just my love for sharing with people and just like wanting the gospel to be proclaimed. And then I went on a trip, uh, here at Christmas, uh, I came here uh, with Bud and with a team and, we just got uh, to serve just here uh, with him and uh, getting to just work with internationals, refugees. And that was just a solidifier of like, dang, I need to keep doing this. I need to keep coming back. Like I need to keep trying. I mean, reach, I reach the keep the internationals on my campus, the, the, the students that are on my campus that are 
not from here. I reached like reaching people like wherever I am, but also like in a place that's place that's super concentrated with internationals. I want to be involved in that. So it was a long progression of like the Lord using a lot of different events to uh, grow my heart for the nations and grow my heart just for the lost in general uh, around. Me. So I, I heard a couple things that I think maybe uh, I just want to pull out maybe as uh, a best practice if you're listening and you're like, I, I want to have have that. So I heard you say uh, seeing them like made a big difference. So your your first trip that you mentioned that you were door knocking and surveying, what what city was that in? That was in Houston, Texas. Yeah. And so it was a a really eye opener. I didn't realize how many internationals were in Houston, Texas. Okay. So Houston and then uh, college students, it was uh, seeing and being exposed is, is what I, I heard. And then God worked in you and through you during that exposure. Is that, was that an accurate like summary? Yeah, for sure. And I loved how the Holy Spirit worked in and through you to make connections, different ways to continue to connect with the people. That's another thing that I heard as you were sharing, Haley, through makeup, through skincare, through henna, through um, sharing your story and, you know, how God had led you to be with them through um, van rides, knocking on doors, having cha or tea. Yeah, there's so many different ways that the Lord is just like, show me like sharing the gospel isn't one size fits all. Like there's so many different ways to like love on people and share the gospel and ways that you would never expect that are super unconventional, but uh, just as uh, helpful for the kingdom. So, And I think a big part of that is listening and listening to the people that you're, you know, out and talking to, but also listening to the spirit as the spirit leads such important keys. Many of our listeners, you know that I am a huge advocate for missions research and really how missions research plays into this is you can't really be creative and and connect with the culture if you don't know about the culture. So like if you didn't know South Asians loved henna, you're never going to think, oh, I should try henna. And so many, many times we talk about the value of research, but research, what it can help you do is help you find those cultural bridges, those religious bridges, those redemptive analogies that connect to the culture, because we know that the gospel is unchanging. The good news is the good news, but people are coming from different angles and the gospel is, you know, multifaceted. And we just want to shine the part that best reflects their culture. Not that one way is better than the other, but it's just, we're just trying to find what is, what is the way that best connects with this person's worldview and what, what are their objections to the gospel and can can we just try to bridge that early and often so i think research is a big big part of of holding this tension as well um in another episode we're going to talk about contextualization that's a little bit what what i'm beginning to talk about so i won't talk any more there so just as a, a closing question um haley what what encouragement advice would you share to our listeners who are looking for creative ways to, to start engaging, or maybe it's not even creative, maybe just what, what would you encourage someone to do to get started or continue to grow in this? Yeah, I would just say, find something that you love. And it could be as like, random as possible. 
Um, but if it's something you love, there's going to be other people that love that thing too. And, or something that you just like, I could never do. And to use the share of the gospel, just think of it in a different light and just experiment, try to find pe- other believers that are in like the same things you do. And, uh, just talk about like, how can we use this to glorify the kingdom? So I actually met a guy that uses video games. Like he streams and uses video games. Uh, and so that's, like, so not me, like I wouldn't use that, but like he does. And so there's so, so many people out there that need to be reached. And so just try to find something that you love. You don't have to find something that, uh, somebody else loves and try to just fit yourself in there, but something that's a joy to you. Great, great encouragement. And then I I will add, um, if you are listening and you're like, Hey, I want to get involved with some sort of trip experience, uh, Rebecca would be a great person for you to contact to learn about some opportunities through organizations like Global Gates or International Commission, Global Frontier Missions. These are all organizations that we are familiar with that offer uh, like basically a short-term mission trip inside the United States among unreached people groups. So Rebecca would be a great person to contact and we'll put her information in the show notes. And I do look forward to hearing from you, but I hope you'll take time today and hit the like and subscribe to Let's Talk Diaspora podcast. Thank you, Haley, for being with us today. And let's embrace this uncomfortable middle together and try to find where God is um, calling each of us to be about um, sharing Christ with the nations. Haradi Jews are some of the most unreached people in the world. But God is moving in this community and we sense that the time is ripe to increase our efforts to reach them with the good news. The key to this outreach is prayer. We invite you to journey with us into the world of the Haradium and to meet Haradi men and women as well as the believers who serve them and to join us in the critical work of prayerful intercession. Start learning and praying with us today with a free digital download or you can request a free copy at upgnorthamerica.com forward slash resources.